Hey everybody, it's Paul, and welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast Encore Edition. We're taking a break this week, and we'll be back soon. We thought we would revisit one of our earlier episodes, Back to School. And man, what a difference a year makes, but some things still stay the same. With COVID in place and permeating through all our lives, expenses may be shifting to different categories when it comes to back to school, and in some cases even the savings might be there because certain activities are not being permitted at this time. For us, my wife and I are thankful and grateful. We could both work from home. Uh, Our kids' activities are curtailed at the moment for our after-school programs and our weekend activities, but some expenses are still very real and relevant, such as school supplies and new school clothes. Um, Listening back, we had a strong focus on the after-school and weekend activities, and I think the same advice applies. We need to help our kids find their way with what they like and don't like and support them regardless. I would also say all the financial advice still applies. Save the money regardless, as you would normally do, since we do not know what will be next around the 2020 corner. So with that, thanks again, and we hope you enjoy this encore presentation of the Back to School episode of The Financial Dads. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast. My name is Paul Fagan, and I'm here with Jody Fisher. Hey, Jody, how are you doing today? Good morning, Paul. How are you? Doing okay. It was one of those dad mornings trying to uh, fit all the puzzle pieces together of life. Uh, as I was exchanging notes with you before and trying to figure out what time to do, and my apologies, I flipped from 8.30 to 9 o'clock to maybe tomorrow, now I'm back to 8.30, just trying to fit it all in, Jody. So it's just, it's just going to be one of those busy, busy dad days. So, no, don't worry about it. The, the glory of the podcast is that nobody knows what time it is. That's right. Exactly. Or so. nobody knows what time we're recording this. At least. <laughs> and I, I'm actually coming to you this morning, as I normally do, from, from my garage. But this morning, I just happen to have the, uh, the garage door up uh, because it's such a beautiful morning and the sunlight is streaming in here. So if you hear the occasional car or truck go by in the background, that's what it is. That's what we want. Authenticity. So you got perfect, it. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so this podcast is for all the dads out there who struggle with life's topics as they are related to family and finances. Our hope is that we can provide our thoughts, successes, and mistakes and share them with all of you. Uh, Today's topic, which is very timely, um, is back to school, right? So we have our kids going back to school. So Jody, my my situation with my kids, I got two of them, right? Uh, My older son is into golf and coding. My younger one is into art and after school programs, as well as voice lessons. So it's hard to juggle with two people working within the household. Uh, so weekly, uh, so what we're trying to do is get everything planned and moving forward for the new school year. Um, in short, you know, what we're trying to do is just make sure everything is balanced, right? So Jody, what's your current situation with your kids and back to school and how it ties to finances and planning and, and all the expenditures that come with, with everything when it comes to the kids going back to school? Well, I think everybody with kids knows that money just flies out of the house, especially this time of the year when you're talking about kids and school and everything that they're into. And let's preface all this by saying um, that we love the fact that our kids do so much and are into their things. I mean, I got a seven and a 10 year old and they're each into their own individual things. My son is a uh, a video. He's 10 years old. He's like a video game guy and he's now a, a guitar guy. Uh, he, so he's playing guitars and going to lessons and things like that. 
My daughter is the athlete. Anything with a ball is her thing. Um, the ball's got to be pink and purple, but it's anything with, but it's anything with a ball. Um, so, so, you know, that runs into finances and that runs into paying for stuff. And, and like I just said, you know, we love that they're into all that stuff, but that also comes around to, okay, we got to pay for all that stuff. So I think the point of our podcast here this morning is to talk about how we go about financing all of those great experiences that we want them to have both attached to school or sort of extracurricularly, if that's a word. I just made it up. Yes. Um, and, and then the way, the way I go about it is sort of in my micro way. I put budget lines into my Excel spreadsheet in my budget. Um, and every week we're funding a little savings account on the side for them to pay for all this stuff. So in our situation, I think we throw in 25 bucks a kid every week. Um, th that's, that's the amount that works for us. It works for what we need to pay for, for them throughout the year. Um, and it just becomes part of our regular spending plan every week. Um, though that, that 25 bucks a week per kid goes into an individual savings account, one for him, one for her. And then we draw down on those savings accounts as we need. So if there was a, you know, there was a baseball sign up recently for her, you know, I signed up move the money over one from the other and uh and and we finance the baseball same thing with the guitar lessons once a month you know the the guitar the guitar school pings the card i move the money over from his account to back to the checking account paid for done the whole idea is to have that little stash of money that's not upsetting our regular week in week out budget uh and to make sure that when those even if they're planned, even if when you know they're coming around, you know, and especially in the case of the guitar school, you know, we've signed up that it automatically hits the card so they can just ping the card. We're fine with that. Uh, I'm not fine with automatically pinging the card in every case, but with the case of this school, I'm cool with it. Um, pings the card. It, I see it hit. I move the money over. And that way that ping doesn't upset the weekly budget. So we're not you know, having those oops moments where it's, oops, I don't have money for that and the mortgage. Oops, I don't have money for that and the car payment. Oops, I don't have money for that and this other thing that needs to get paid. Um, and so it's a, like I said, it's a micro planning thing that, that we do and that I've put in place that we've had in place now since you know, probably three, four or so years, probably since they've been in kindergarten, really. Oh, that's great. I mean, this comes down to what we've talked about in previous podcasts where you focus at the micro level and I focus at the macro level. I don't have the budget for the kids stuff broken down to that level, but there is a part that we didn't mention yet that I have. I'm not sure if you have to deal with this as well, but we have childcare that's built in to our budget. So we have after school programs for childcare. We have um, someone that comes in the morning that has to uh, put Julie and get the kids off to school for the days that Shelly's not home. So we're juggling those costs on top of all the extra curricular activity costs. So I really should do a better job of budgeting this. But at the end of the day, I wind up doing what I normally do is, you know, at the beginning of the year, I know exactly, or I know, uh, I shouldn't say exactly, I have a ballpark of what these things will cost us. And then I just work throughout the year and pay them off and just be very careful with the money. But we haven't been caught yet. I've been lucky. We haven't been caught in, in a tailspin of being out of money. But I think the closest we come is 
We do have a slush fund that we keep in the house. We have an envelope of money um, that we keep uh, put away in the house um, for the little incidentals that come up. Um, so we keep that backfilled when we can. I'm not sure. Do you have a similar fund as well, Jody? Um, we don't have that specifically, but it's the same concept. I think, you know, it's, you're putting money aside in whatever way you choose to put money aside, um, to make sure that it's there when you need it. Um, whether that's, you know, just a lump of money, which is what it sounds like you have, or it's a couple lumps of money, which is what we have. Um, the whole idea is, is to work all this stuff into your budget. You know, if you, you, you wouldn't go out you wouldn't go out and buy something that you don't have the cash for. At least I hope you wouldn't, you know, you hope you wouldn't put it on a credit card. Um, same thing here. You know, you, you, if you know the thing is coming up, you, you know, you have to pay your mortgage at the end of every month, right? So you got to pay it or, you know, you got a house payment. So you save up that money or you, you factor in that money to make sure you have the money to pay that. So why would expenses for your kids be any different? That's the, that's the approach I take. And I'm also a big believer in the, you know, drip, 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 theory you know if i'm putting aside 25 dollars per kid per month every week that is very palatable in the grand scheme of our budget but when you do 25 times 52 i don't have a you know i'm not good with math in my head but you know, whatever that number is mm -hmm. you know uh, uh, let's say it's 100 bucks a month times 12 is 1200 is 1200 a month uh, 1200 a year per kid that we're putting aside just to pay for the stuff they need throughout the year um that sounds like a big number, $1,200 per kid, but $25 a week isn't. It just doesn't feel that way. So if you make it, that my, that's my approach. Make it part of your regular budget, and you'll always have the money to do it. Yeah, that's very smart because one of the things that I guess would tie in to this podcast because we're really talking about back to school, but as part of back to school, we talk about the field trips and the ex extracurricular activities and the the class mom budget of $20 for the year, and then inevitably they ask for another $20, right? Who does that? <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> I've never had that happen. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> and the clothes buying and the new sneakers and those types of pieces. Um, there's one another piece that I will add that we have to cover as part of that overall, I'll call it kid expenditure, and that is uh, the day camps and, and different specialty camps that my kids go to. Um, I'm lucky and grateful enough to be able, and me and my wife, we, we, we do put the kids in certain camps that they want to do. I think sometimes it comes down to that two parents working outside of the household, you get a little bit of the guilt. And so you want to do as much as you can for the kids. And you think that um, it'll, it'll be um, healed a little bit with, with being able to provide them with some other additional camps that they might want to do or special activities during the summer. But I think it all ties together. And what winds up happening, and it probably happens as well, it, it, this whole back to school or childcare, it all kind of ties to a big percentage of the income. And it's really part of the cost of doing business, right? If you want to put it that way. We have the kids. We have to take care of them. We have no choice in terms of two incomes, having to work together to keep the household going. So the cost of childcare, after-school activities, the budgeting, the field trips, it all ties in, but it's something that's a sunk cost. You have to do it. And that's how we feel about it. Um, and we sometimes, I forgot, we sometimes get pinched in January. I'm not sure how it works with you, Jody, but the summer camps and such that my kids go to, most of them require that you start booking with big deposits in January. 
because that these programs happen, yeah. fill up very quickly. Same thing with after-school programs, by the way. For those of you that are listening and, and have young kids that are not in school yet and you will need child care or after-school care, those programs fill up fast in different school systems. So be aware of that. Uh, the first year that my son was going into kindergarten, I knew that he would need the after-school program uh, for the child care. And it was mid-August, and I had not done anything with it. And I was talking to a colleague at work that happens to have a son um, that was the same age, born on the same day as my son. We, we didn't know this. Yeah. And he lives in New Jersey. And when I told him that second week of August that I had not figured out childcare and hadn't contacted the school, he looked at me like I was nuts. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, those things fill up. What are you going to do in my school system? You got there's wait lists. I said, oh my gosh. So when I called the after school provider who does it for our school at the time, I left a frantic message. And when the person called me back, she said, Mr. Fagan, let me just tell you before we start the conversation, there's no issue here. We have plenty of room. <laughs> she, I said, okay, that's because like it the call that comes from this. That's like the call that comes from the school that says, hi, it's the principal at your child's school. Everything is fine. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was the equivalent of that. So right. she says, don't worry. We typically don't fill up on the after school program. So there's spots open. So I was able to book and we've never had a problem. But for those of you out there that are listening for the first time or you have kids that are going to be going to school later and you have that requirement, please check that out. So I know I've diverted off topic. I've taken us away from kind of back to school and I've kind of gone all over the place a little bit. But getting back to the the back to school piece, um, the extracurricular activities, the field trips, do you put any limits, Jody, on what they can do? The kids, is there um, a limit we, on how much you would pay? Um, I have my own opinion on that, but I'm curious on yours to see what you what you think of that. Well, in terms of, you know, and while we're talking about the cost of these things, something else you got to remember, and I'll make this make sense in a minute. Um, the, the, the cost of something is also the time that you put into it. And that's not just the kid's time that goes into it, but it's the parent's time that you put into it in terms of getting them there, getting them home, in certain cases, making them practice or do the things outside of the extracurricular or the thing that they need to do in order to get better to enjoy it. And I've coached my kids sports teams for years. And, you know, I always say to them, you've got to practice. Little kids are so they so don't want to practice. And I, I, I would tell them, you know, if you're if you're going to enjoy playing, you got to be good enough to enjoy playing. Right. You got to be able to hit the ball or kick the ball or do the thing that you're supposed to do in the game. In order to do that, you got to practice. If you don't practice, it's not going to be much fun. Um, but in, in terms of, you know, the, the, the cost of these things, you know, time is the other commodity, um, that these things cost. And I remember going back to the first or second season that my son played sports. Like I said, he's not much of a sports guy anymore, but he did it early on. Um, one year, one season, he wanted to sign up for both baseball and soccer. And I was like, okay, fine. And we had the money to do it. That wasn't an issue. Um, signed him up for both. I'm an involved dad. So I signed up to coach baseball because I don't know my left foot from my right foot when it comes to soccer, other than put it in the goal. Mm -hmm. Um, and it ended up where I would be coaching baseball and he was going to a soccer game. <laughs> and so the one limit that we do put on 
Um, we don't really put any monetary limits on things, but we have this one sport per kid per season rule. You can't do more than one thing in a season. So you got to choose the thing you're going to do. You know, I coach some kids who literally are coming to a baseball. I, you know, they're coming to the baseball game from a soccer game and they're leaving the baseball game early to go to lacrosse. That is nuts. <laughs> um, sure, the kid may like it. But he's not having any – at the end of the day, he's not having fun. He's exhausted. The parents hate it because they're driving to this thing and then that thing and then that thing. It turns it into this, in my opinion. It turns into this almost almost this death march in a way, <laughs> you know, getting from one thing to the next to the next. Um, and, and the rule that we have in our house, and I would, I would encourage people to explore this at home with their own kids if they're inclined, is to just practice that one thing per season – rule so they're doing the one thing they're focused on the one thing they're enjoying the one thing and they can look forward to that one thing and then they can have some downtime when they're home because they all come home you know and they either want to play video games or they want to draw or color or paint or play with legos or do whatever kid stuff do do kid stuff when they're when they're not um out there doing the extracurriculars that they're doing so that's the one limit that we put is the one thing per season per kid rule yeah, that might be the best piece of advice that anyone will get out of this podcast today, including myself. I think that's brilliant. Um, with my son, that part is over, but I could see that happening with my daughter. She gets over anxious to to do different things, and and I could see how the running around happens. We have mutual friends, Jody, and I feel bad for the 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 ice hockey parents. That oh. seems to be the most early morning, sport. and swimming is in that same boat. Swimming yeah. wakes up early too. Yep, and for the new parents out there, what we're talking about is the kids that are into swimming and into ice hockey because both sports require expensive facilities and the cheapest time that the teams can get for the kids is usually 5 a.m. So if your yeah. kid's into ice hockey, be prepared to load that bag in the back of your SUV or, or trunk or whatever at 4.30 a.m. and drive to whatever, and then the games... The travel teams, that's the other piece that I know a lot of um, parents do, or the travel teams, whether it's soccer, ice hockey. Um, you have to be into it. We have a mutual friend, Jody, that would have it no other way. His, his dream was to to have uh, a child that would be so deep into sports, and, and he's got it, right? And we both know who he is, and he's a wonderful and guy. And that's great. And, and that's it's great. awesome. He's encouraged that. He's Absolutely. He's encouraged that. His son loves it, yep. right? And and so they're two peas in a pod. And they're doing they're doing great and they're having a good time. And that's the point. Right. Of what I was just saying before too. Enjoy the thing you're doing. Um, you know. And and you know. I, I'm I'm not judging parents. I'm a little judging parents. But <laughs> but you know, the the people who sign their kids up for like eight things, and they're always running to the next thing, to the point where they're leaving the last thing early. You know, and that was the thing that always got me, like when a kid was coming late to a game because he's coming from something else or he's leaving a game early because he's going to another game. It's I'm kind of like, what's the point? You want to play the whole game. You want to be there. Um, you're always running off to something else. You're sort of teaching them to always be running off to something else. And that, I think, is just I'll say it. I think that's bad parenting. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's it's so funny. The 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 um, you talk because about I'm, because I'm a perfect parent. I'm a perfect parent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ask my kids. I am not a perfect parent. I always tell people I'm the Homer Simpson of parenting. 
that's my line. So, um, and, and, and probably a little bit too loose with that. But um, two points I wanted to bring up, uh, that, that the practice, right? Um, and I've had this discussion with my son when it comes to golf, you know, uh, 10,000 hours, right? To become good at something, to become great at something, you have to put those, you have to work towards that 10,000 hours. And he gets that. Um, I wish he loved golf uh, more, but he does like it and he does play it. And I think he's good at it. I think he could be better at it, but I'm guilty of that as well. I run out of time um, since I'm working outside the home. So is my wife. It's hard to juggle. So we have to do a lot of activities on the weekends, which leads to, which I am in the middle of right now, and I'm hearing in the other room, is my daughter breaking down that she's not thrilled with going to her voice lessons today. And this leads to another topic of when do you know when to pull the plug on an activity? My son uh, used to do Taekwondo. And although it wasn't grueling, I would spend two hours in in the dojo Um, every Saturday morning with a laptop or iPad and I would try to get work done while watching him and it was it was joyful believe me I nothing I'd rather no place I'd rather be than than sitting there watching him learn but at some point as he got older he said dad I really don't want to do this anymore so he he has a clear cutoff he'll come to us and say you know what I'm done I don't want to do it anymore my daughter, not so much. And and I guess the, the question, that was a long-winded way to get around to, how do you know when to to put the cards down and fold them? When your kid is, even if the kid doesn't want to quit, you know that the kid is ready to quit. Because it's a waste of money, tying it back to finances, to, to spend money on a particular lesson or a sport every week and the kid is not into it anymore or doesn't want to do it. Do you force their hand to try to keep it going? Do you pull the plug right away? How do you handle that type of situation? Uh, That's a great question. And this sort of comes off the financial piece of things. But um, I I check in with them, you know, at the end of every game. Hey, how was it? Did you have a good time? What was your favorite part? Did you have fun? Um, That kind of stuff. And you you know when they're they're not into it anymore. Um, The the one thing, and I've had a conversation, you know, every once in a while, yeah, every kid will be like, I don't want to go today, you know, or, oh, I don't feel like playing today. And most of the time, it's because I want to stay home and do something else that I'm more interested in today, which is okay. I get it. But 90% of the time, I will have the conversation that revolves around, listen, your team is counting on you. You signed up to do this. You're part of a team. You need to keep your commitment to your team members. Because if you went and a whole bunch of other people didn't show up for whatever reason because they didn't feel like it, you wouldn't be too happy, would you? You know, sort of put the shoe on the other foot kind of thing. Um, you know, and sort of, and just sort of finding that middle ground between, um, you know, allowing them to be kids and making them understand that there, there is a commitment to any activity that you sign up to do. Um, and not so much putting the emphasis on the, the financial, um, as much as just the, the personal and, and kind of making them understand that you sign up to do something, you got to follow it through. You get to the end of the season, you still don't like it. Totally cool. We don't have to sign up again. Um, but you know, you've you've got to be responsible, and I think that's what I try to drive home uh, more than the financial. Yeah, I, I know I know what you're saying with that. Um, that's a good that's a good point. Is to do that check in, right? Are they still liking it? Um, the the short story I had was I tried to instill a little tough love, and we spent uh, a lot of money on on swimming lessons for my son, and and when I first started with him, I would be in the pool with him. And then he got to an age where I wasn't 
allowed to be in the pool with him anymore. He had to be with the other kids and be with the instructors. And, you know, we spent the money, I don't know if it was a few hundred dollars for eight weeks of lessons. And the first week he cried his eyes out. Second week he cried his eyes out. And I'm watching him from the little tiny window outside of the pool. And I spoke to the coach or the the head of the swimming program. And he said, you know, he'll settle in. It's just growing pains, you know. And then the third week, he was crying again. Um, And and I got home. And then midweek that week, it was around February. I'll never forget because it was around President's Day. And in school, they were learning about the presidents and their power. And they had to put together a picture of, you know, and the question was, if you were president, what would you, you know, what would you do, right? So he brings home this picture. My wife's like, you're not going to believe this. And I look at the picture and it says, if I were president, I would make daddy swim in the pool with me, right? So (laughs) we came down to the fact that I was trying to instill this tough love and it just wasn't working, right? So we had to forego the rest of the season, right? So we, you know, we had maybe five weeks left, but I didn't want to keep forcing him, right? So I had to turn around and we stopped the lessons and I said, listen, I'll go with you next time to the pool and, and we'll go swimming together. So I think sometimes um, you do have to ask those tough questions and you have to figure out and, and, and make sure that you're doing the right thing for the kid. And don't let money or, or quote unquote waste of money get in the way of you being able to um, do the right thing with the kids. And, and they have to feel good about what they're doing. Absolutely. And, and a subtext there. Um, I think you did a, a fine job, Paul. And and the reality about parenting is, um, you you are volunteering to make mistakes. <laughs> yes, we we will all make mistakes, right? You'll all screw it up, you know. And 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 even with the best of intentions, and you'll be like, oh God, I blew that one. Um, uh, you know what? And 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 I've I've seen your son. Um, you know, and you talk to me about your son and tell him all the stuff he's into. Um, I don't think you ruined him. I think you did fine. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, hopefully you that know, wasn't a traumatic it, event that overtook his. Because uh... here's the well, here's the other thing too is that you know kids, um, you know, but the one thing that strikes me about your 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 uh, story about him drawing the thing at school was that he didn't say it's the way he put it, and he didn't say I wouldn't make people go to swimming lessons. He said, I would make dad be with me. And that says a lot about where his head was. He wanted you to be with him mm-hmm. more than it wasn't this. At least it seems to me in the way he worded it. Maybe I'm overreading this. He wasn't saying, I hate this. This is horrible. What he was saying is that I want dad to be with me. And that that's sort of like a, a you know, a sad thing and a great thing. Right. Oh, man, I was I, I made him do this thing. But he wants to be with me. He wants me to be with him. So, um, I, I would call that one, I would call that one a win, Paul. <laughs> I appreciate it. You know, no, I, you you make me feel better on that. I remember just remembering back on that uh, on that on that story, and it was it was definitely crazy. It was definitely crazy. But, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things you learn, right? It's a lesson learned, right? So, yep. Um, yep. I think that you know when it comes to all these different pieces, you know, using your common sense and making sure that. You know, you're in communication with the kid is key, right? Um, you know, I think here's that, a great here's a yeah. great question. Here's a great question. At what point? Because I think we're, our 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 older ones are getting to that point. At what point do you start to instill the idea that um, 
these things cost money and do they want to play a role in paying for them? Oh, that's interesting. You know, because at, at some point, you know, when they're little, it's like, yes, you sign them up for swimming lessons. You sign them up for baseball or soccer or art or dance or whatever the thing is. But at some point, probably as they get to the place where they're making their own money, maybe they've got a first job or maybe they're doing chores around the house. They got a little bit of cash. Um, you want to try to use this as a teaching vehicle about finance. Is there a point? And I don't know if we've reached this point, and I'm not even sure what I would do with it, but I want to just throw it out there for a conversation. At what point do you start to have the conversation about, you know, this thing that you want to do costs X, you got to pitch in a little bit? That's a great question. I never thought about that. And I, I don't I always... even know if you do. I'm just wondering. Yeah, I could see it maybe in certain situations if maybe and this is just my opinion if if you're playing if your kids into baseball or into guitar and it's beyond the normal uh feed and care of of the of the situation right so you're paying for the lessons you continue to pay for the lessons you continue to pay for those pieces but let's say the kid wants a new baseball bat or a new glove or a new guitar or a new something um then do you have them and this goes back to a previous podcast do you have them pay for it? Do you chip in with them? So I think, in my opinion, maybe the, the the operational costs of the activity still remain with the parent. But if the kid wants to have something upgraded or something nicer or wants to have the new fancy bat or a new basketball, maybe then there's a teachable moment. That's just my opinion, though, is maybe, in my mind, that's how it would work. Yeah, I fully agree with you on the equipment piece of it. Um, and I told the story, I think, last podcast or at some point, you know, my son is into guitars and he, he and I just went halves on uh, a new guitar, which I will use as well. And that's uh, I, I we went halves for a number of reasons that I won't go into. Listen to the last podcast. Um, but I also think that there's value. And again, I don't know when it's going to happen or what, you know, or how we're going to do it. But I do think there is value. And every this is a case by case basis, a kid by kid basis. I do think that there's value in expressing to them at a point where they can understand it that the thing we're doing costs money. Um, well, you know what? I'm going to take that back. We've had this discussion actually with them. We've not made them pay for it yet, but we have had this discussion, you know, because it's the kid thing about I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do 47 things. And 47 things all cost money. And we've had that conversation that, look, you want to do this and this and this. you got to choose one because there's not money for everything. So which one is more important? Which one do you want to do more? We've still bore the cost of that thing. But we've, we've put it to them to choose the thing that they want to prioritize. And so I think at some point we're probably going to move that conversation. And we're talking years now um, where we're going to have that conversation about, okay, you want to do that thing that costs a lot. You, you know, you've got a job, you, you know, you make some money, you've got to pitch in for this thing. Um, and it's more about making sure that they have skin in the game, making sure that they understand and they're learning lessons about what stuff costs. Uh, and it's, it's not at all about, you know, you know, I don't want to pay X hundred dollars for X, Y, Z. Um, and just about, sort of finding, as you put it, that teachable moment um, where they understand the value of money, what stuff costs, how to prioritize things, 
And so they can walk away from things and start to choose and walk away from things that aren't that important to them, you know, or that might feel like an impulse buy or a, I got to have it. And maybe they don't got to have it that much in that moment. Yeah, I think you're hitting it on the head. It's, it's really around situational. And, and that's something that now that I think back, we have had those conversations with with my son when it came to that Taekwondo, although it, at that point, it wasn't so much about the money. It was around the time, and, and he would spend a lot of time in front of the video game, you know, playing video games. And we said to him, if you don't want to do this Taekwondo anymore, then we have to substitute it with another activity because we don't want it to be you're not going to go and then you're going to sit home and, and, and play video games. So that's when he picked up coding, and that's how we got him into coding. So he flipped from, I guess, essentially Taekwondo to coding. We also go through that a little bit with my daughter in the fact that she is not been liking the voice and started out as piano. Now it's we're doing voice lessons with the same teacher. But in short, she's getting upset every time we have to go on a Saturday. And and we're trying to figure that out, right? So we do have those conversations when it comes to money to say, "Listen, we're spending a lot of money every week for you to go." If you're really not into it, then we have to find something else to do or we have to stop it completely because there's no sense in paying if we're going to wind up skipping lessons and not going and stuff like that. So I think it all comes down to the situation. Um, but getting back to your point it, for having kids to have skin in the game, there's different ways that I that I think we're, we're approaching it. Either we fund it because we love to fund it, we fund the operational cost of it. If they want to do an upgrade, that's great, of a, of a certain piece of equipment. But also keeping on top of the fact that if they don't want to do it anymore, they have to know how much this is costing. And wasting money is a no-no. Yeah, agreed. And, and, and expressing that, to, exactly right, and expressing them to them too that, look, if you don't want to do that thing, that money is better used on something else that could benefit you, whatever that something else is. Um. That, I think, more than anything, helps them start to appreciate um, how money gets spent, putting a value on the things that they do, the stuff that they put their time to. And we talked about com time being the other commodity. It's their time, too. They're going to spend an hour doing whatever they're doing on a Saturday afternoon. Um, you want to help them understand what time well spent means. Very true. And, that, and, that's, and that's another key component of it. Um, is to make sure that they, they realize that, right? Because we, we don't want to waste money or time. I think that's key. I'm going to switch the topics a little bit for all the, the newer parents out there that are listening. I know we've been in different areas today of the podcast, but one of the things I wanted to bring up was what are the types of things that you have to look out for when your kid goes back to school? So we talked about childcare. We talked about uh, extracurricular activities. We focused heavily on those. A few other things we want to bring up is make sure you're budgeting for field trips. There's going to be field trips throughout the year that your kid may have to go, including spending money. So gauging how much to give them for spending money. There's the inevitable PTA fees and, and, and fundraisers and, 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 and candy sales and candy drives and plant sales that you'll have to account for that you may participate in from both a cost, uh, money, monetary, and, and, and maybe people time, your personal time as well. Um, making sure that you get the clothes and shopping for the clothes. And that's probably a whole different podcast, Jody, is is the clothes, right? Is making sure that um, 
you get the your kids are clothed going to school, but I think we brought this up on a previous podcast where um, sometimes the kids might want fancier clothes than our budgets will allow. So how do you handle that situation? I think it all comes down to personal personal choice and having those conversations with your kid around those different pieces. Um, so I think there's all kinds of, um, and then the inevitable birthday parties. If your kids are younger, I'd say from kindergarten through at least fourth grade, fifth grade, it's the the barrage of different birthday parties that your kids will be invited to that you'll have to budget those um, those gifts for. Whether you're contributing to a group gift with cash or you are buying those individual gifts, you have to make sure that you're budgeting for all those different pieces. I know that was a, a mouthful, Jody. Anything to add to those um, pieces or anything you want to elaborate within those topics? Yeah, I think the the large majority of what you talked about would, for us, come out of that. Uh, those two budget lines for the kids, you know, we're chunking away that $25 a week into those two savings accounts. And then we pull from those as we need for signups and all kinds of other things. You know, if it's 20 bucks for a, for a something and okay, we can cash flow it. Great. We do that. Um, but you also talked about the birthday gifts. We actually have an envelope that's labeled gift fund. And I throw $10 a week <laughs> into that envelope um, for everything from friends, birthday parties to family gifts, quite frankly. Because there's something, again, that will come up from time to time, um, and the friends less so, but the family more so. Like, you know when, you're, when your father-in-law's birthday is or whatever. Um, you know, there's no reason you should be caught short because, like, oh, my God, it's October. i got to buy my father-in-law a gift. Um, that kind of stuff. So, so budgeting to the degree that you can break it. This, this is my approach, the micro approach. Breaking it down to all of those spending lines and putting a spending line in there for gifts putting a spending line in there for kids' expenses, putting a spending line in there for kids' medical, putting a line in there for all that stuff. Um, I'm a no-surprises guy, so I budget for just about everything, stick it aside, use it when I need to use it, and that way it doesn't upset the rest of the budget and sort of drill a hole in, in what I'm trying to accomplish. That, that's great advice, and I think, you know, just to kind of recap what we've talked about today, the big takeaway I took and I'm going to steal yours, Jody, is the one extracurricular per season. That's such great advice because I've seen it happen over and over again. Uh, even though my kids right now are currently not into sports, I've seen that trend where um, they do all these multiple activities and I talk to other parents and they're so frazzled. And I think the kids wind up doing all these different activities and, 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 and without focus. And I think that's part of the key that you were talking about. So I, th I love that advice of one activity per season or one extracurricular sport per season. Um, any other recap items that you want to go through, Jody? No, I think we hit it. Like I said, uh, when it comes to finances, I take the micro approach. You know what's coming down the pike. Set aside a couple of bucks each week, whatever it takes out of your budget. Just put it aside, stick it in an envelope. You'll appreciate it when that you know, that notice comes home from school out of nowhere <clears throat> or that sign up, you know, has to get paid. You'll be able to tap even if you tap 50 percent of what it costs. You've got a couple of bucks there that you can do it with. Okay. Um, the only other thing that I would say about back to school, and this is totally off the topic of financial, um, get your kids immunized, please. <laughs> There's no excuse. Yes. There's a lot, a lot of social media crap that goes around about immunizations. Um Science science says that kids need to be immunized. Please just get your kids immunized. It's good for everybody. Agreed. Agreed. And I'm going to add one other item, which I don't think you brought up in this 
podcast, Jody, but I'm going to use your word that you typically use in most of the podcasts is being intentional with your time and money when it comes to these pieces, right? Um, making sure that um, if the kid is focused on a particular sport, let them try it. If they enjoy it, let them continue it, support it. If you sense that they don't enjoy it, then you have those conversations to see what it's going to take to pull them away from it if, if needful, right? Whether it's their decision or they get to a point where they're in the middle or trying to point them in the right direction. I think that's key is to make sure that, and you talked about this earlier in the podcast as well, making sure that the kid is happy with what they're doing. If they're not happy doing the activity at the end of the day, they probably shouldn't be doing it, right? It doesn't service uh, you or them or the team they're on if they're really not into it and and maybe they need to find something else to do. So I think that's another key area to think about and having that open dialogue with your kids when it comes to the, the extracurricular activities. So well, I yeah, think we, it's all, it's all trial and error. We got to break some eggs. That's it. Perfect. Perfectly said. So, well, Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks everyone for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you managing finances can be stressful. But that's why the financial dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well and thank you.